Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Life Study emphasizes the capital L life that can be found in the scriptures. Jesus himself said in John 6:63, "The words I have spoken to you are spirit and are life." This is the fruit of over 70 years of ministry by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Watchman Nee began his ministry in China in the 1920s and it continued until his imprisonment and eventual martyrdom in the 1970s. Witness Lee brought this ministry to the United States in 1962 and began speaking these life study messages in 1974, completing it in 1995. To find out more, you can visit our website, lifestudy.com. Again, that's lifestudy.com. Now, let's join today's program. Gary Kaiser has been kind enough to join us once again in the studio for more fellowship today on the life study of Genesis. Gary, it's nice to see you again. It's good to be with you, Matt. Gary, in our message today, we've come to the birth and the growth of Isaac, the seed that God promised both to Abraham and to Sarah. This was a great thing for both of them. We're going to see that there were three potential seeds. Who are these three? And briefly, what did each of them signify? First of all, is Abram's servant, Eliezer, seen in Genesis 15, 2, where Abram is really complaining to God that he doesn't have any heir except this household servant, a very faithful servant, but still not the seed that was promised to Abram. And Jehovah makes a very strong response in verse 4, saying, This man shall not be your heir. Your heir will come out of your own body. Then the second one that is mentioned is Ishmael. And Ishmael is a product of the joining of Abram with Hagar, the servant of his wife Sarai. Sarai wanted to have a child, and so she suggested to Abram that he would go in to Hagar, and out of that, there was a produce that is Ishmael. And Ishmael then is out of the body of Abram, but still is not the promised seed. So in chapter 17, verse 18, Abraham is saying, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. And Jehovah responds, no, but Sarah, your wife, will bear a son. I will establish my covenant with him. Then the third one is the product of Abraham with his wife, Sarah, and that is Isaac, with whom God established his covenant. He was born of Sarah when her time of to bear children was already passed. And there's a telling word concerning this where Jehovah says, is anything too marvelous for Jehovah? It's in chapter 18. In other words, the Lord is the one who is producing this seed through Abraham and Sarah. And he produces the seed when their 
physical being is incapable of completing that. The Bible says it was no longer the way of women with Sarah. In other words, she had passed her childbearing time. But God came in to produce the promised seed when the effectiveness of Abraham and Sarah was greatly reduced, even was eliminated. But then God brought forth this seed. That's helpful. Thanks, Gary. I think that this will be very helpful to many of our listeners to get that kind of background because this matter of the seed, as we're going to find out today, is very crucial. And we don't want to lose anyone along the way. Let's join Witness Lee with our life study today. The goal of God's calling was to have a seed. And this matter of the seed was covered since the beginning when God called Abraham. In chapter 12, this matter of seed was raised up. Chapter after chapter, nearly in every chapter, God came in to touch Abraham just concerning this one thing, the seed. Firstly, Abraham, because of the fact that he didn't get the seed, he thought he may take an either. Then God said to him, no. No. Then his good wife made a very marvelous yet terrible proposal. And by that proposal, Abraham, yes, did get a seed, Ishmael. But eventually God said, no, I don't want that kind of seed. Yes, you got something, but you got something out of the wrong source. Chapter 21 has two sections. The first one has been, I would say, thoroughly covered by Paul in Galatians 4. The first section tells us Isaac was born. Well, according to Paul's allegory, the birth of Isaac must have a spiritual significance. Then what is the spiritual significance? Abraham was called by God to have such a seed. And today we all are God's call ones, right? In God's calling, there's also a goal, and the goal is the same as that one with Abraham. God called us to bring forth Christ. We have been called not to produce good behavior. We have been called to bring forth Christ. This is God's goal. But look at Abraham's experience. How long a time for Isaac to come? And the difficulties were not on Isaac's side. Isaac could come in just like this. The difficulties were on Abraham's side. My, to bring forth Christ, you need to be circumcised. You need to be terminated. Your natural ability, your natural strength, 
Your natural self, you, just you yourself, need to be terminated. Today, Christ, the real Isaac, still needs you and me to bring him forth. To bring forth Christ in our meeting. To bring forth Christ in your daily life. To bring forth Christ in your home life. To bring forth Christ in your job. Well, Gary, I think we can see that Isaac is a type of Christ in the Old Testament. And we received an exhortation here that we must bring forth Christ. What is this referring to and what is it practically for us to bring forth Christ? Well, I appreciated uh, very much the contrast of saying we're not called to bring forth good behavior, but we're called to bring forth Christ. Amen. This indicates that we're here not trying to behave, not trying to be good people, not trying to be good Christians, but we're here in an intimate living relationship with God in Christ. In order for that to become a reality, we need to look at the New Testament and see what is the view of the New Testament. In John chapter 6, verse 57, points out that the Lord is the bread of life and that we need to eat him in order to live. He says specifically, as the living Father has sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who eats me, he also shall live because of me. Well, this kind of eating indicates it's an intimate receiving, even digesting and assimilating Christ into our very being, so that our living becomes Christ. And we see this in Philippians chapter 1, where Paul says that his earnest expectation and hope is in nothing would he be put to shame, but that now, as always, Christ would be magnified in his body. For years, when I read that portion, I had the thought of Paul's great effort to magnify Christ. But he tells us what the reality is, for to me to live is Christ. In other words, he's not putting forth his effort for Christ to be magnified. That's his expectation and hope based on his relationship with Christ. He lives by Christ. He is absolutely one with Christ in life and in living. He is now expressing Christ not by his effort, but by his being, by his experience of Christ, he becomes the testimony that is a living testimony that can be expressed in such a way, to me, to live, is Christ. But to bring him forth is not that easy. We are too strong in our natural man. We try to do things according to our strength and our power to fulfill God's purpose. So God comes in with circumcision. The natural man must be cut off, or as Brother Lee said here, must be put to death. Amen. Thanks, Gary. Let's rejoin Witness Lee as he's going to bring us 
not just to the birth of Isaac, but also to the growth of Isaac. In this chapter, you have the birth of Isaac, and you have also the growth of Isaac. Have you seen? The birth of Isaac didn't stir up trouble. It was his growth. When he was born, Ishmael and his mother, Hagar, didn't care much. But until the day, Isaac grew up. My, Ishmael was mocking. Ishmael was mocking, was teasing. In the biblical sense, Ishmael was persecuting. The one who was born after the flesh persecuted the one who was born after the spirit, Paul says in Galatians 4. When Isaac grew up, his growth up, stir up the persecution. Then the one who represented grace would not tolerate and open up her mouth saying, <laughs> cast out this bad woman and her son Ishmael. And this one could never be a co-heir with my son Isaac. Oh, but Abraham wouldn't say anything to his dear wife. Then God came in. God said, Abraham, don't be grievous. Whatever Sarah told you, do it. Why? Because only of Isaac shall be called your descendant. Shall be called your seed. Not anything out of Ishmael could be counted by me as your seed. Only that of Isaac could be counted by me. I have to see with you the real significance. Since the day you got saved, you hate your natural life. You hate the good doing out of yourself. Ishmael, you hate. In a sense, but not in an absolute sense. Deep within, you still appreciate. Okay. <laughs> your concept like this has been delaying the date of Isaac's birth. You look, you look at Abraham. Through right. how much dealing, failure after failure, eventually Isaac came. Eventually, Christ has been born in your Christian life. Christ has been brought forth in your Christian life. You know what? You would still keep Ishmael. You still keep your good behavior. Let me tell you with you, many of us did boast in our natural good. I was not that proud. I was not that proud. Thank God, I'm so humble. You still would hold on to your natural attributes. To natural good. Not many Christians today have the boldness, like Sarah did, to say, cast out. Cast out the bound woman. But 
sooner or later, God would again and again come in to force you to cast out the law, to cast out your self-effort, to cast out whatever you have made. Hagar and Ishmael have to go. Gary, this is really an interesting picture here, isn't it? That we have the two offspring of Abraham, each representing totally different things before God, and the one Ishmael is persecuting Isaac. What does this persecution represent? Well, I think we have to first of all recognize that this persecution is not only outward, but inward. Mm -hmm. There's something going on in us personally that is a persecution of the spiritual aspect of our being. So I appreciate Paul's word in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 9, where he says, I want to be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is out of the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is out of God and based on faith. And this can be compared with Galatians chapter 4, where Paul is referring to these two seeds. He says, and I'm reading from verse 29, but just as at that time he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him, who was born according to the Spirit, so also it is now. But what does the Scripture say? Cast out the maidservant and her son, for the son of the maidservant shall by no means inherit with the son of the free woman. So then, brothers, we are not children of the maidservant, but of the free woman. And what this indicates that as believers, there's something operating in us, something going on in us that presses us into a religious slavery. That is our effort to please God, our effort to be good people. And as was pointed out, on one hand, we hate that old nature. We hate that kind of behavior. But on the other hand, we appreciate the good part of it, the part that seems to be very proper and good we hold on to. We have to come to the place where we cast that out. We put it out. We do not allow ourselves to consider anything of our natural man to be proper and good and effective. We are the new creation by birth of the Spirit to live out the life of God. If we are under the old, we are the wretched man spoken of in chapter 7 of Romans. Who can deliver us? But there is the I thank God through Jesus Christ. It's our portion. Now is the new creation. But the old must be cast out. Thanks, Gary. Let's go to Witness Lee for the conclusion of today's life study. In the first section, we saw the birth and the growth. Now, a full portrait of the sources of the living and the results of the living. It is so interesting. If you would pay attention to this section of the world, you could see that there are two wells. 
One well for Ishmael's life, and one well for Isaac's life. The well for Ishmael, as a source, was in word nice, in a well place. You know, in the Bible, word nice always represents places rejected by God. This word nice is close to Egypt. When you are in the wilderness, it'd be so easy for you to drift into Egypt. And this means what? This means when you are in the soul, when you are in the natural being, you are wandering in the wilderness, and you would be so easy to drift into the world. Number two, this well of water as the source of living made Ishmael an archer. The archer kills life. And the archer is always a wild killer. The spirit here in this portion of the word just shows us if you are drinking of the water of that source of living, of Ishmael, you'll be a wild archer using your bone to kill lives and to build up a kingdom. And eventually, this kind of living, not only making Ishmael's, but also joining to the world. It was so strange that Ishmael's mother, Hagar, got a wife for her son. Where she got the daughter-in-law? Egypt, from her source. But praise the Lord. Amen. Here, in this portion, as in the whole Bible, there's an other well. An other well of water. Amen. Now, firstly, this well, or this living water, is in Beersheba. This is the location of this well of water, according to the record. This well eventually became a redeemed well. This well got lost, and it was redeemed with seven ewe lambs. In typology, it is so clear the seven lambs signified the full redemption of Christ. Since the day Isaac, growing up, every bit of water he drank was the redeemed water. Was the water by a covenant. Day by day since we started to know Christ, the very source of our living, is the source of the living water redeemed and covenanted. After the covenant for the well at Beersheba, after that, Abraham planted a tamarisk. Indicating what? Indicating the water which he drank was flowing in a rich way. Here you have the planting. There with Ishmael, you have what? You have the wilderness. Wilderness means wildness. 
Everything there is welded, and everything here is printed. This kind of source of living makes Isaac not an altar. Listen to this. This kind of source of living made Isaac to be a burnt offering. Quite a conclusion today, Gary. Please say something, if you would, about what we see with these two wells. Well, here we have two seeds, two kinds of persons, two livings. The seeds we saw are very different in source, and the kinds of persons produced also very different, and the two livings, therefore, are also very different. But each here has its own source. The source of the one is the wilderness, constituting him with a wild life, the life of an archer, the life of killing life. Then there is the other, the seed that was produced in a proper way, the promised seed that is now drinking of water that is redemption and covenant. Better. Much better. And that enjoyment of that water produces another kind of person and another kind of living. He's a person who is full of life. He's a person who plants and waters. He's a person who is even becoming a burnt offering. He's a person for God, out from God, covenanted with God, and drinking the waters of redemption. What a glory to be a person who's drinking of the well at Beersheba, and what a shame to be a person who's drinking at the water that is full of death, full of wildness, the water that comes out of the source of this world and of the satanic nature. Gary, I enjoyed this fellowship very much. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for inviting me. Call our toll-free number, 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Or write to radio at lsm.org. On behalf of Gary Kaiser, I'm Matt Miller. Thanks for listening today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee spent seven decades in the 20th century speaking Christ, first in Asia and then North America, eventually all over the world. The culmination of those 70 years of ministry was his Life Study of the Bible, an exhaustive exposition of the entire scriptures. This unique commentary focuses on how Christ can be life to man in an experiential and practical way. These programs encapsulate Witnessly speaking in just 26 minutes. But to get the complete riches, visit lifestudy.com. From there, you can read all of the Life Study messages in their entirety or download any of our more than 1,700 audio programs at no cost. Again, that website is lifestudy.com.
Thanks for listening.